This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash 365 and get on your way to being your best self. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone else. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 365. BetterHelp.com. What up, everybody? Welcome into the College Chaos Podcast. I got a little delay, bro. That's throwing yeah, me off. I, 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 I told you. Yeah, we're, but, uh, we're, running, we're running on a kind of weird setup, but it's because... Garrett. We got Josh Neighbors, the homie. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm great, guys. It's nice to uh, nice to join you all and talk some ball. Yeah, man. Appreciate you. Uh, it's been a minute since I talked to you. Um, I'm glad to have you on the crew. Uh, you're killing it as usual. But I wanted to really just kind of dive into this Big 12. Um, Big 12 Mexico. Interesting take here by Brett Yormark. What are your thoughts overall about this, and how do you see this benefiting the league as a whole? Yeah, I, I think um, I think throughout the entire kind of Brett Yormark experience, one thing that has been pretty clear is that he is willing to try new things. Um, and I think it's also pretty clear that the athletic directors and presidents from the Big 12 schools, they're not going to love every single idea that he throws out there, which is natural and fine, but I, I think – that him coming from the business side of things uh, obviously makes him more apt to throw out things like a big 12 Mexico that they'll try to do it. And look, it's a, it's an untapped market. And the reason why it makes sense for the big 12 is because their home base is the state of Texas, obviously Texas borders Mexico. So it does kind of make a whole lot of sense. And then I think this ultimately will end with them, you know, playing football games. Uh, that's kind of the plan that they'll play football games in Mexico, you know, we'll see Monterey is a choice right now. Mexico City, obviously. They're going to send Kansas and, and Houston down there, which is a pretty big deal. And I think, um, obviously, having ESPN as a television partner, they'll they'll give that the requisite attention that it deserves. So it's an idea that, you know, I I like because I've got no idea whether it's going to work or not. I mean, right. I think most of us have no idea this will work or not. But, you know, why not? I mean, this is a conference that has to find ways to be different because it is not the Big Ten. It is not the SEC. You can't just send out a Saturday slate and be like, all right, cool. Here we go. They have to be a bit more creative. And this is creative. One thing I'm curious about with the bowl game aspect, is this going to replace a current bowl or is this going to be something new? Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, I haven't. So I was wondering the same thing. Like, is this going to be a like, is there going to be a regular season game every single year that is the Big Twelve, like the big, like is a yeah. Big Twelve game, or is it, or are we doing a Big Twelve versus somebody else game that is, you know, the Mexico Bowl, right? right. So I think that is kind of TBD uh, on that. But I would like to see a, a regular season game there every year. I, I think that is that's what I would like to see. You know, to convince somebody to up a home game or 
basically not convince them to say, Hey, we're sticking you with this. Yeah. You know, uh, every other year, Oklahoma state, TCU, Texas, you have to go down there, Texas Tech, you have to go down there, but we'll see. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. And just the idea of having a regular season game down there is really exciting, but who do you see being the first few teams getting asked to go down there and play that? Cause I think Garrett and I talked about this one week and it seems a lot more obvious with basketball. You know, you get a Houston and Kansas matchup, which they've already announced, but that, that seemed like the obvious pick. But who, who do you have coming, coming down there for football? Texas Tech, maybe, might be the might be the, the kind of first. You all know the state of Texas like ge- ge- yeah. geographically a bit better than I do. I just, I, I feel like that is a brand that would resonate a bit more. Um I think ideally, if you got Arizona, you would 100 oh, yeah. put Arizona. You'd 100 throw Arizona. But if you're talking about schools that are currently there, um, Houston would make a lot of sense, right? I guess they are, you know, uh, well, are we, is Houston like? Are we could we call it Southern Texas? Like, I mean, it's well, I, it's water. technically it's, the it's closest kind of, school to right, Monterey, so yeah, Southern Texas, I guess. Yeah, um, Texas Tech, obviously. If you wanted to go splash you would think like all right what what you know when you look at a big 12 schedule what are kind of your biggest games i mean tcu oklahoma state ended up being one of the bigger games last year baylor oklahoma state happened pretty early but it was still a pretty big game if you really wanted to go you could tcu baylor but i don't know if you want to send the two private schools down there i don't think that would be yeah nothing with that so i think there's variations i would go with the larger public schools first though i'm not sure if you all feel the same way i feel like that's kind of the the more the, the brands I'd like to put down there. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. And then right now, if you're going off of just like success, TCU would definitely be in the mix. Right. And I want to talk about the Frogs. So right now, you made the college football playoff. You played for a natty. You got smoked, but that's whatever. So then you come out in baseball. Right now, you're in the Super Regionals. We saw what yeah. they were able to do on basketball. How do they capitalize on this and become like the face of the new Big 12 going forward? And how important is it for them not to miss their window kind of like Baylor did the last uh, couple of years ago. Well, it's, it's been a big talking point for me and for folks cover this league, you know, uh, the what? so like we talk about like the television deal, actually how competitive the league has been has, has been good for them. Uh, Fox, you know, it's purported that Fox liked the fact that the league was so competitive. It's one of the reasons why Fox wanted to be involved again. But if we're talking about like, what does it mean to take over the new big 12, Someone's going to have to repeat going to the Big 12 championship yep. game, right? We've played we've played three Big 12 championship games. We've had six different teams in that Big 12 championship game the last three seasons. Five of them are, are going to be members of the of the new Big 12 with Iowa State, Baylor, Oklahoma State, TCU, and Kansas State. TCU is going to need to do what some you know what any other school is going to need to do. You're going to have to repeat it. I will say this though, it's a great point about TCU and the CWS. Uh, their exit, for, I mean, the, the thing was, it was a disappointing exit for them in basketball and they lost to Gonzaga in round two. That, that's that's sad, but also that's not something you could say about TCU hoops for a long a long period yeah. of time. So that's, that's good news. And then obviously they made a national championship game. And um, I think the fact that, you know, I, I always say this about Baylor, Baylor's, I think Baylor's appeal and why Baylor I think is such a good program is because they've had, you know, three separate coaches win 10 plus games the last 15 years. So that's, and, and, one of those coaches basically <laughs> wrecked the program as badly as you could, and they <laughs> yeah. still recovered and won ten plus games multiple times. So, uh, I, I think for TCU, like you saw a little bit of that, right? Gary Patterson obviously was fantastic, and then Gary's gone, and then you know they they get Sonny Dykes in there, and oh my god, they they're in the championship game. So I think um, if you take a candidate, 
they have the money. They're in a good location. They much sort of like the actually alumni base is like a thing that you're going to say. They they necessarily nah, they don't bake all that. Right, right. They don't bake all that. Um, but I mean, you can't get you can't get a better recruiting area than than Dallas Fort Worth, right? So they're kind of in the sweet spot for all of that. And um, I think if you're TCU, you're like, all right, we can be the king of the, of this new mountain, if you will, in the Big Twelve. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash 365 and get on your way to being your best self. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone else. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 365. BetterHelp.com. Yeah, Josh, kind of along those same lines, who do you see as maybe the possible biggest riser, biggest faller uh, through this next year and beyond, like once Texas and OU leave? Because I know uh, down in Waco, we're, we're a little sensitive to all this, like Joey McGuire and Texas Tech are really on the up and up. And like, there's been plenty of concern about Oklahoma State and Gundy on, on the way down. So like, who do you see as over the next couple of years, the biggest riser and biggest follow, faller in this new Big 12? Um it's a it's a great question. So uh, I've been thinking about Oklahoma State because if you ask me, all right, who is the best coach in the Big Twelve right now? I would I would give you Mike Gundy. I would say I I maybe you could like throw me Gus Miles on. I might say all right, I think there's some some mm-hmm. credence there. But if you t- want to talk about success and what Mike Gundy has delivered there year in year out from what the program was, I mean he is he. I don't think he's I don't think it's much of a conversation. Definitely. The thing is though, like. I'm not totally sold that this is headed in the right direction for them because they just lost everybody off their team last year. And from all reporting, it sounds like their best player and my most important player, Spencer Sanders, wanted to come back and they they said no, which yeah. I, I could not fathom at all why they would do that. It's a pride thing, whatever. But th- like my question is, it's, it's, ironically, I'm talking about, you know, kind of the, the Bob Huggins sense too is, like I question Mike Gundy's ability to to properly work with modern kids, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. Sense. I think we're about to. I think we're about to really find out. Like, coaching wise, thumbs up, Mike. Like the fact that he adapted that team they had, uh, you know, last not this past season, but two seasons ago. You know, Mike Gundy's teams are offense, and you hope they force turnovers. Uh, the Mike Gundy team was defense and running the football and they made it all the way and, you know, could have, could have gone uh, 12 and 0. I thought they got screwed against Iowa state with some officiating that game. Um, and obviously lost at the goal line against Baylor. You know, that was, that team was pretty close to perfect. And that was a defense running the football team. And so we're about to figure out like how good of a coach Mike Gundy is. Cause we know he's really good. We'll, we'll see if this player management thing is going to come back to hurt him. So that is the team. If you were to say who has the most, there's a chance for some variance. 
I'm I'm curious because I always feel like the floor there is like five is like six and six, yeah. right? Seven and five. Um, is that gonna, like is that floor going to maybe even get brought up if you lose Oklahoma and Texas? Maybe it could get brought up. Um, or is the player problem such a problem that it's like, wow, this thing's got a little bit out of control? Or also, if they went ten and two, we're all like, man, maybe we should have doubted Mike Gundy. I don't really know if we should have we should have doubted that guy. I think that's that's pretty possible. So variance, I feel like it's there, and then. Uh, is West Virginia okay for like a? I mean, apparently they, they they're like a they MAC team chance. compared to some Big Twelve uh, coaches. Stop that! <laughs> they have the best chance to go up because they're so terrible, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's fair. They were so bad last year. Think about this: they swept the Oklahoma schools last year. Crazy! They had a terrible season, and they swept the Oklahoma schools. Which I think, if you ask West Virginia fans, you swept the Oklahoma schools, they're probably like, "We had a great season." No, not oh, the no case. Doubt. So they, they have a good chance to be a, a riser, whoever they get as the next head coach. Uh, kind of going back with Oklahoma State, you mentioned Spencer Sanders there. He was obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the league during his whole tenure in Stillwater. But now that he's gone and we're looking at this new crop of quarterbacks, who do you think is the best quarterback heading into this year? Because my initial thought was Quinn Ewers, and then I had to dial that back back. Because I think Will Howard is the one, he's got the hardware and everything else. Mm-hmm. Who do you got right now? It's an excellent question. Um so if you were like, if, if the NCAA football video game was out right now and you said pick a quarterback in the Big 12, Jaylen I think Daniels. the answer was Jaylen Daniels. Jaylen Daniels, Jaylen Daniels, the bullet, right? It's him. But, uh, and this is, this is a few guys, because I mean, we had a weird year with quarterbacks last year, especially with injuries. He was not particularly good post-injury. Now, that's there's some reasons for that. And I, I don't think he was ever fully 100% after the injury. Um, but I, I want to say that again this year, because I think there's a chance that he is just as electrifying as he was last year. Will Howard to me is, I think the choice because of how good he was last year. And, and I think it's also because how bad he was before. So I thought I was not a Will Howard guy. I really, I really was not. I I thought we'd actually seen enough of him, but, and this is, this is going to be a case with a bunch of quarterbacks. I think it's very interesting. Sometimes guys just get old and they get good. Right. Yeah. And Will, Will Howard in every interview, when I was working at Sirius XM, every interview, whether it's him, his coaches or his teammates said the same thing. It just slowed down for him. Right. And that's just what, like we forget sometimes that these these guys are not all the way men yet. So, you know, they're, they're kind of kids. Well, Will Howard is built like a man. He's starting to play like a man, too. I mean, he is a he has got Sunday arm. I mean, he's, he, he looks like an NFL quarterback, some of the throws that he's making and that offense, when it was in rhythm last year, he was using all of the weapons at his disposal, you know, Knowles and Brooks and Vaughn and Senate, and he was just in command of it all. So if you're talking about, and also a lot of the offensive lines back too, which I mean, you talk about a godsend, like you talk about continuing your development. That's probably the best thing you could ask for is that. So I'm going to go with Will Howard based off of all of those things, which is unbelievable. I'm saying that because I mean, before he even took over last year, like this, this, this was not a guy who was uh, in the Will Howard fan club. Yeah, I, I've got to agree. It just seems like I remember distinctly when Martinez went out down here in Waco. I saw the I saw the hit that injured him here, uh, that kind of reaggravated his leg injury. And I think everyone in the in the building in McLean knew when Howard came in, our chances went down as Baylor Bears. Right. So it was very interesting to see that kind of 180 from people being done with him to to now he might be the best quarterback in the conference. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really key for him 
if Kansas State wants to defend their title, for him to take another step. So jumping off of that, and this might be like my big question for you today is who wins the Big 12 this year? So it's I think it's a nightmare because I think it's Texas. And here and here's why. It, you know, everybody saying there's a Texas back thing, or Josh saying Texas back, all this stuff. Think about the, the point we've already talked about. Six different teams last three years. So naturally, like it would actually makes a ton of sense for Texas to win the league because with the way this league is going, and, and think about their trajectory, five and seven lost a I mean, a ton of close games in that five and seven year. They blew a ton of leads. Last year, they blew the lead to Tech. Trying to think uh, the other, you know, um, Oklahoma State game, mm-hmm. which was just, I mean, that was a disaster as well. You had, you know, you had third string guys on Oklahoma State beating and beating up on Texas players. That was that was a bad, bad loss. But you think about those games, you know, and then the TCU game, TCU uh, with one of the all time shutdown defensive performances. Uh, I think, you know, even, even by Gary Patterson standards, they were amazing in that game. And you think about like the trajectory though, like that was, that was a logical next step for them. They lost a couple more closer games, but they did stuff like play Alabama close. You know, I think the, the, the best team they faced all year, maybe like in terms of team was, was TCU. And that team did beat them was, wasn't like it was a blowout, but it was a close game, whatever, but they took care of the Baylors of the world. They hammered Oklahoma stuff like that. Uh, You know, the the Kansas state win that they had, you know, was, was a pretty impressive win. And so it actually is going to make sense if Texas takes the next step, when we consider they've got good offensive linemen, they've got a loaded receiver room, that portion that we talk about, about Quinn Ewers getting old, you know, quarter guys getting older, Quinn Ewers gets older. People forget this. That Iowa State game last year for Quinn Ewers was his first full four, four quarters since that junior season he had in high school. That's ridiculous. And so it's ridiculous to think, right? And that's a guy who's battling injuries last year. But you know, I, I thought the way he ended the season was weird, up and down. But I thought actually the Washington game, Steven didn't help him out a whole lot. I thought he actually looked pretty strong. So and everybody's saying he's shredded now, you know, best shape of his college career, that's coming out, whatever. I think we're going to find out pretty quickly if he's like gotten older. I think it's pretty, pretty it's going to be pretty knowledgeable, pretty easy to see. But it, I think it might suck for a lot of us I think that's a logical choice, though. I think I think that is a logical choice. And then uh, I've I'm gonna zig and I'm gonna zag. Uh, a lot of people are zigging, you know, down on Blake Shapen. Uh, I'll I'll buy. I'm buying the dip on the Blake Shapen stock. Uh, I think there's a chance that Baylor has a really strong season uh, this year. I feel like um, I feel like Blake Shapen needs time with that group of weapons to figure things out. And I think there's a whole lot of figuring things out last year. I think the problem for Baylor might have been that they were better off when he was not, you know, not throwing the ball a ton. And I'm wondering if they can fix that this year because we saw there's some games for Baylor, like that Oklahoma game. Oklahoma knew exactly what was going to come and they just could not stop it. And Baylor does have the ability offensively some games just to run that wide zone at you and just kick your tail. And I think that uh, we're going to see a reemergence. And also I think Dave Rand is very, very good about looking back at what he did wrong and correcting those things. I think he's very, very introspective in that way. So I'm going to go Baylor in Texas as Ooh, my big championship wow. game. Yeah. Yeah, I like did not see that. that coming. I like now, the look, that. I mean, once again, guys, like, <laughs> I think I'm going to put TCU eighth, and I think one of my favorite bets last year was TCU under on the win total. So you know, <laughs> that take that for what take that for what it's worth. But you never know in this league. But I, I just feel like that that is, I'm comfortable saying those things about those coaches and those players. 
That's impressive. I think I'm rolling with Tech, definitely Tech and Texas when it comes to the Big 12 championship. Uh, but one thing I noticed today on Twitter, and I want to kind of get your opinion on this, uh, USA Today put out the top revenue for uh, teams last year as far as uh, athletics go, and the mm-hmm. only two Big 12 teams on there happen to be Oklahoma and Texas, who are chunking the deuce and going to the SEC. Uh, is that something that anybody should put real stock into, or what do you make of that as a whole uh, when you look at the total revenue? Well, I mean, think about what those brands are. Like, the they are such – strong there's a reason why the sec came and got them i mean that their tv ratings are fantastic um and the the investment from the fan i'm not saying big 12 fans don't care don't invest whatever but like the infrastructure of those places is is just massive right i mean it's absolutely massive so it makes sense those are and and, and we kind of knew that that that's that that was going to be the case um that is why when you all asked about tcu it's it is imperative that somebody you know as much fun as the cycling is through champions if we want if we want to talk about a Big Twelve team eventually hoisting that trophy one day like I th- I really think one's got to take grab the bull by the horns and just keep winning and keep winning and keep winning I mean the, the analogy I think is Clemson you know when I was I'm 26 now but when I was when I was growing up like Clemsoning was was the big thing I'm sure Jack like you and I are the same age so like yeah. you know. I watching Taj Boyd get his ass kicked by Florida State was like a yearly tradition. It felt like oh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. and, and and it would always happen in every big game they played. It felt like I feel like some Big Twelve team is going to have to go through some form of that so they can eventually arrive at like all right they're getting over the hump in a meaningful way often because once this playoff expands, guys, it's going to be challenging. Think about it: a Big Twelve team is going to have to win three games. Uh, you know. I mean, winning two to get to a championship is tough. Like you're going to beat Clemson, you have to beat a Michigan, you should beat them back to back just to get to a championship game. And even think about if we had a 12 team last year, guys, TCU would have had to win four games to win it all. They would have had to win three games yeah. to even make the championship, which is daunting to do. But that's that's what it's going to take to to be a revenue school like that. You have to create a massive brand. I mean, just think about the way that AM furthered their brand after you know with with Johnny Manziel and whatnot. Like you're going to need lightning in a bottle in some senses and then you're gonna to need to find ways to capitalize off that and kind of i said i mean i i still in many ways feel like AM is riding off of what manzel did Absolutely. in terms of like the, yeah, in I terms of like the way that we in terms of way like that we view them i i think that's massive now i know they have a huge alumni base tons of money whatever but the way that they're viewed i think they they took the next step with that that kind of experience yeah Another another thing that comes to mind when I think taking the next step and capitalizing on opportunity is is just the opportunities that are off the field more for for someone like Brett Yormark running the Big Twelve. Mm. And I know there have been plenty of specifics we could dump, we could jump into. We already got into Big Twelve in Mexico, but I'm just kind of curious of what your overall thoughts on the direction Yormark's taking with the conference, and then kind of mixing in Garrett and I have discussed before. Um, is he emphasizing basketball maybe a little too much when it comes to the the realignment and expansion? Question. But just your overall thoughts. So he's running this thing like it, like like the um, the asset that it is, which I like. This I I think that's what we have to do because I love the league. I covered the league. You have to be incredibly honest about what the Big Twelve is and what it's not. Right? It is not the SEC. It is not, it is not the the Big Ten, right? I mean, the Big Ten in terms of television product, credit Kevin Warren. He basically said, all right, the NFL model, where are they? They're on Fox, they're on CBS, they're on Amazon. What they do? They put the Big Ten in the three places. I mean, guys, Rutgers 
is going to get like an $80 million check from a television partner next year. Jesus. It's ridiculous. I mean, just it's, it's unconscious. Uh, Indiana. I mean, uh, Illinois is going to get, but, you know, and that's because of the, the strength of Michigan and the brands uh, like Ohio State and the Michigan uh, Michigan State of the world and then the Wisconsin's and the Penn State of the world, right? That is not what the Big 12 is. They have strong brands. They have strong fan bases. But the asset that this Big 12 can be is this. What if we are a conference that plays, like we mentioned, a lot of competitive games that has, you know, uh, the strengths of the conference are we're available in all time windows, right? Hey, ESPN, hey, just pick your cable company, pick your, you know, stream or whatever. We're talking about filling out a schedule. Well, we have 11 a.m. kickoff here with West Virginia and UCF uh, over there in, in Orlando. And also, and, uh, you know, in Utah, we've got a 10 p.m. Eastern kickoff or a 9 p.m. Eastern kickoff happening between BYU and Oklahoma State. That is a massive asset for a television company. We talk about that full day of football. The reason why we talk about you know the ratings whatever, for those late night games are good is because they're on, right? It's not because you know Washington State versus Arizona State compels us and we're all, you know, look, some of us it compels us if we're gamblers, <laughs> but you know, it's not because it outright compels us, it's because it's on. And uh that is what the that is what the Big 12 can be. I think Brett Yormark understands that. On the basketball front, I, I think it's a great, I think it's a really interesting question because I think maybe he does. But if you were to say, what is this conference's strongest asset? It is, I think, I think still pretty clearly the best basketball conference in the country. Yeah. Right. And uh, I think that because, I mean, you put Texas Tech in the ACC and they go to the tournament this year, right? I mean, the worst team in the big 12 this year was, to te- was yeah. Texas tech. And they were putting together like this pretty scary run there towards the end. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oklahoma hammered the number one overall seed by 30 points in a game this year. And, and, and they had that ability to do to, to teams. You know, they, uh, Oklahoma was up 10 had, had, had Kansas dead to rights in, in Allen Fieldhouse this year too. And blew that game, you know, and, and I'm not, you know, I know they're leaving whatnot, but like, that just kind of shows you the depth of the league. Um, He's a basketball guy. I, I think we can tell he's a hoop head. He loves his basketball, but he he does understand like what NASA that can be. Look, there's not a whole lot on in the winter, right? Um, and so if you're offering a series of games that could be, that's why Gonzaga came up. I mean, he, I think he sees a world in which it's Gonzaga and Arizona alongside with Baylor and UConn uh, playing against Houston and Kansas and all of like, I mean, just that is, that's if you just gave, hey, we're doing Big Monday. We're gonna sell it as its own package. That is our goal. That's our plan. I get that. Is is it gonna make as much money? I, I don't know. But but here's the thing: the NCAA tournament is still a billion dollar industry, yep. right? And so it's not, and that's not going anywhere. At least to my at least to my eyes and ears, it does not appear that 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 uh, NCAA tournament's going anywhere. So I love, I love, I love him embracing what the conference is good at. Is it too far leading in? I mean, maybe if you start losing money off of it, it is. But if it's as long as it's strategic and it, it does help the league and helps the visibility of the league and the way people think about the league, I, I think it's important. Uh, so, I, but it's a great question about how much he values hoops. Last thing we have for you, Josh. There's a lot of big matchups, big non-con matchups uh, in the Big 12 this season. Which ones are you looking forward to the most, and how important is it from a perspe- uh, perception perspective? Really, with those matchups like Baylor and Utah and um, Oregon and Texas Tech for the Big 12 to come out on top? 
the number one matchup for me is, I mean, TCU Colorado is just, uh, oh, yeah. it's so, it's so compelling. It's so compelling. I, 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 it's one of those games, you know, I'm looking at the schedule um, and I, I mean, I live in Arkansas now and I lived in Virginia before. So like now I'm in you know relative striking distance of all these big 12 places and I'm kind of mapping it out. Like the first one that I thought I was like, man, it, it, it could be something. I mean, it really could be something. And and look, they might get beaten like a drum, but I think that game's very compelling because obviously, and then, and I think we'll have some clarity at, at that point about where Colorado is going to be yeah. long-term, um, which I think could add another layer to this. So that game is number one to me. I'm trying to think about, uh, I'm, I'm pull, I pull up the schedule really fast just to, just to um, make sure I answer your question correctly. Uh, but for, yeah, obviously the, the Utah, the uh, Utah Baylor game, I feel like Baylor is always good for one of those. It, it would be nice to see B, BYU kind of got the, got the business end of, um, of their game last year with Arkansas. It'd be nice to see BYU be competitive in that game, you know, new member going to a place like that, you'd like to see that game be competitive. West Virginia, for some reason, just has to play the most brutal non-con schedules over yeah. and over and over again. So that they get to have a fun trip to Kansas State this year. Um, Kansas State, uh, they get to um, uh, Penn State, rather. Um, I, I mean, Oregon, Oregon coming to Texas Tech is, I think, fascinating because how like electric that crowd is mm -hmm. and and what that one expects if you want to um if joey mcguire wants to go like full he's got the juice if they win that game and, and here's the thing guys we saw it last year when they played the baylor bears lights were a bit too bright for them yep. uh at, at patrick Mahomes day and weekend or whatever the hell that was and it did it went extremely poorly poorly for them so if they can protect the quarterback and 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 keep tower shock upright the entire year um, it could be exciting like Garrett has picked. So that one on like, in terms of like just national appeal, um, we'll, we'll go with the Colorado and, and TCU game. Talk about where a team can show me if they're ready to be a big 12 championship competitor, which I think we're all kind of waiting on pins and needles to see Oregon, Texas tech in that. I think it's the second week of the season, uh, Saturday night spot on Fox. There there's, there's my pick. Like it. He's the host of the Neighborhood Watched, Josh Neighbors. Hey, bro, we appreciate you. A lot of fun, guys. Anytime. All right, man. Thanks again. That was Josh Neighbors. Always fun to catch up with him. But we're going to come back and kind of review what Josh had to say and also look ahead at the Big Ten schedule. Really interesting format that I'm really down with. Uh, but that's coming up next here on the College Chaos Podcast. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. Garrett Ross, Jack McKenzie here with you. Emory Winter running the mothership, the young homie. Man, that was uh, – Josh Neighbors brought the heat. He always does. Uh, he had some very interesting answers. Some very interesting answers. And I think we're both – I think all three of us really are kind of on the same page here with uh, the, the number one, one that stood most off. Baylor in the Big 12 Championship? Yeah, um – as a Baylor alum, I'm still sitting here being like, man, I wish I could believe that optimism. Like, I wish I could buy in. I'm not bought in on it, but it's a very, very interesting, uh, very interesting idea. To yeah. Be. Very interesting answer. What do you make of it? Well, I think I, I don't ever want to count out Dave Aranda because I, I think he's a tremendous coach. He's a brilliant mind. Um, I just don't know about the, the camaraderie of the – because you have a lot of new pieces coming in, right? And we have seen so much roster turnover. Um, but I also think that 
one one silver lining in this, and I think this is probably where a lot of the juice is going to come from, is bringing Matt Pallage back. I don't think people really understand how important that is because not I'm not dissing Rod Roberts. Rod Roberts is a hell of a coach. He obviously helped mold Dave Aranda, but I think there's a time now where there's a generational gap with players, and I think that's kind of like what we saw, what we're kind of seeing up in Stillwater, um, is some of these older coaches might not be able to get players to buy in uh, in certain ways with their philosophies, and that's not a knock. I mean, just times have changed and you have to adapt, but I think Matt Pallage and his mind and being able to get the energy, and because that's something they didn't have last year. When you look at this team, there was never really any excitement. There was never really any juice at all um, that kind of like all left, but now that you have Pallage back, I think everybody's bought in. I think you're going to see like a, re a renewal of, of kind of what you saw in the Big 12 championship run, but it's really going to come down to me as the development of Blake Shapin and is he really ready to take that next step? And I think that might be something we're kind of lo uh, losing sight of is the growth aspect of it because he has been in the system for another full year. Last year was his first year as the real starter, um, and he's got more talent to work with from on the outside, bringing Keytron in. Um, I think you're the, the numerous weapons you have at the tight end position are definitely going to be beneficial and you've added depth at the running back position so I think if you can get everything to click and on the defensive side if Matt Pallage can get some of those young guys to like channel that inner Jalen Petrie and just come out flying I, I think they have a chance I just think it I would be more I would be more confident saying next year per se than this year because I think there's going to be a, some growing pains yeah you can only have so many growing pains on this easy of a schedule, though. True. Like, that, that I think, is what really puts Josh's opinion firmly in the realm of possibility and not just like a, whoa, that's crazy. Is Baylor has eight home games, and their four road games aren't insane. Right. Like, a lot of, a lot of people who know Baylor, a lot of people on our site, are all kind of gathering around this. Worse than eight and four is a disappointment. And be. so if they exceed expectations even a little, as in they only lose two games or two conference games, which can definitely get you into the Big 12 mm. championship, then like it's not a crazy step from what people are actually expecting of this team. So saying that maybe it just clicks for shape in this year. And that, that was something we talked about during the break. It's just like how there truly is that like, is it clicking or is it, or is it not? Is it has it slowed down for you, right, or not? Because like I experienced it playing pickup basketball during college. Like it didn't click for me in high school playing basketball, but then something about the game just started slowing down and making more sense. And yeah. I saw I saw the game in a different way, and there was nothing that prompted it. It was just like all of a sudden it clicked. So that that seems to have happened for Will Howard. If it happens for Shapin. You're you're looking at a team that could go nine and three, and if if that one extra loss is to to Utah, they're firmly in the Big Twelve championship game picture at least. Yeah, I think another thing too that we kind of need to think about is competition breeds success, right? Yeah, and I think if you look at Blake Shapin in the quarterback position in general, while a lot of um a lot of the guys who left Baylor fans as a whole would be like, oh, we why do we have not have Kyron drones or whatever? Well, the staff evaluated right because none of the guys that left are doing anything. Yeah. Okay, so that tells me there really wasn't any competition in that quarterback room. Now that you bring Sawyer Robertson in, a guy who is – I mean, I think he's probably going to be – I think he's more proven with limited time 
than a lot of the guys they had before. And I think that he is going to be, obviously, the quarterback of the future, but I think that competition and Sawyer being right there and able to push Blake is something that's going to make him know that, yo, I can't slip up because this young pup's going to come and take my job. And I think that's where he's kind of gotten a little um, comfortable, maybe, in the past. I don't know if necessarily comfortable is the right word, but I don't think that level of urgency was there the way it's going to be this year. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, and I kind of want to take that that idea of level of urgency and look elsewhere. Do you think Gundy feels urgent right now? Because I think we both read that piece on The Athletic. Yeah, Max uh, Elson that killed Ma- that. That was a great piece. But it definitely seems like Gundy's in that, I'm going to just do me, like, if you want this, you want this or not kind of phase or like, He's turning that corner because of NIL and such. And I'm just like, okay, but does that phase have urgency? Like, he's been there for so long. He's got this rolling contract that doesn't have a specific end date. Does he Does he have that push to really push through these new problems that college football is presenting him with the NIL and transfer, transfer portal and get Oklahoma State to stay where they've been and not and have this be a one-year blip from last year with crazy amounts of injuries. I think I think they're definitely going to bounce back. And I think when you look at their schedule, they play every one of the new teams coming in. They don't play Texas, I believe, and they get Oklahoma. Obviously, that's Bedlam. Um, and he really has just not had any success against the Sooners. But this is a team, a program with 17 consecutive winning seasons. I think that kind of reading through Max's piece – Um, I didn't really realize how riddled with injuries they were. Um, And while you kind of look at all of the key players who left, that that is going to raise red flags, and rightfully so. Um, But I think his approach um, is something that a certain style of player is adapted to. And I think that if he can constantly find the right pieces, uh, because he's not going to change, right? He's not going to adapt to any of his philosophy. And I think it's – with the, the success he's had, why would you at this point? But I feel like if over the next couple of seasons, if Oklahoma State isn't finding themselves back into the Big 12 championship or actually finally win one, then he might get that where, you know what, I've just it's ran its course and I'm tired of it, and he just hangs the hat up and goes to the farm. But, I mean, it's just it's a, it's a different program up there. Um, it's very, very blue-collar, and it's um, – it's, just, it's intriguing, man, but I think that it's one of those things where he has the opportunity, but I feel like there's a two- to three-year window where if they don't see continued success or making it to AT&T Stadium, he might just hang it up. I don't get the vibe that if he doesn't see the top level of success that he'll hang it up, especially from that article. But I do think that if they start becoming this, like, you know, they'll probably win seven games instead of they'll probably win like eight or nine. Mm. That's when I start seeing the outside noise becoming enough for him to just be like, I don't get enough respect. Screw this. I'm yeah. done. Not like Gundy would necessarily say it like that. I'm not trying to put words in his no, mouth. No, no, I know. Like, that's the vibe I yeah. get. And I... Maybe they don't see it this way inside the building, but from the outside looking in, I definitely see it as a prove-it year. Uh, oh, it's got to be, especially with that schedule. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I again, I don't want to put that on them as the way I think they need to think about right. it, the way they need to act. But from the outside looking in, they've got something to prove. They really do. They have to. Or maybe not even they, just Gundy. Gundy's got to prove 
he's got it still right. after that big exodus. Like, I, I, I just don't see two ways about it. No, it's going to be intriguing. I think I think Oklahoma State will bounce back, but they're definitely going to be under the microscope. All eyes are going to be on Stillwater this season, but I'm not saying they're going to even come close, which they damn sure could come out and just roll through the – go to the Big that 12 championship. That would be really interesting. And honestly, I like Gundy. I kind of like Oklahoma State. I am not opposed to that. I think it would be very entertaining. It, it, it's definitely intriguing. It's something to watch, but I, I just I don't see it, man. I just Maybe I'm not either. a real big Gundy guy, but hey, he's not for everybody. Yeah, but that's just life, right? Is there one last topic you want to get to from Josh? Because I've got one in the bag, but if if you've got something, roll, you really roll with want it. To hit. What you got? I was very interested in his take on why Texas is going to win. The like the well, it's just natural for this volatile conference. Eventually, it has to come back to Texas, and it looks like this is the year. It, it wasn't, well, yours and the talent and they're building to it. It was more just like, just seems like it's time, which I found very interesting. I mean, it's, it, it, I think with all of the buildup, man, and all of the letdown and just like, it is like, dude, it is time, but I feel like, but it's not, but it's not time. And like the, oh, they've been building to this. It's been, it, in my mind, it was Josh was just kind of like, well, I mean, Kind of got to happen eventually, right? <laughs> well, I mean, this is your last shot, right? And I think their ego, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like, and, and it would make the most sense, and this would really suck, is if you saw Oklahoma and Texas play for the Big 12 championship because of their egos oh, and, and being hurt. able to just kind of stomp on everybody on the way out. I don't think Oklahoma's ready for that. I think Oklahoma's going to be a hell of a lot better this year. Their young core of talent is absolutely absurd. But... Texas more so, I think they have the talent, and it kind of fits that mold of, yeah, it is about time. And I do. I see Texas winning it, um, and if yeah. they don't, that is a massive disappointment in my opinion. A massive disappointment. I think it's a massive disappointment if they don't make the title game. But I don't know if it, not winning it is a massive disappointment. But who do you see the second team necessarily like how many losses do you think it'll take to get into the big 12 title game? Cause I feel like every year we're like, man, you could see a three loss team. And then by the end of the year, it's like, no, they really have to have at worst two losses. I think probably conference. three. I think three? We, you think yeah, it's actually because a, th a year with three, I think with the additions that you're bringing in the new schedule format, all of the, the changes, I think you, you could probably, I'm saying that and I'm thinking of Oklahoma state's weak ass schedule, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think in general, giving that I would say three and maybe that's just me playing it safe and kind of going off of history but that's where I'm comfortable with but I wouldn't I, I feel I could like see history two. points to two I mean it could I, I get where you're coming from is, I guess that's the premise of my question is like right is it gonna be like a real knife fight of a year where you got I, a three loss team that could could go toe-to-toe -to -toe on the last day I, that's where I'm at there. that's where I'm at this year so I think that would be a hell of a lot of fun. I think it would I think it needs to be that honestly but you know teach his own yeah but we're another conference with a lot of fun and a lot of energy around it is the Big Ten. And I'm a real big fan of this uh, new schedule format. Jack, you're a Purdue guy at heart. So yeah. I want to get your opinion on this. And we're, we're going to jump in. guy at heart. Purdue guy by birth. Hey, birth, heart, same thing. Not really. We'll get into that next <laughs> here on the College Chaos Podcast. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. Garrett Ross, Jack McKenzie Ooh, here, and man. Jack's just laughing about his misery and yeah, the, the joy I'm yeah. going to take in his misery. Garrett, Garrett's got a little vacation here starting tomorrow, yeah. and so I've got to produce 365 Sports, which is um, it's not my favorite thing in the world. It kind of stresses me out a little. Hey, 
you know, it, it's cool. You, I, I think you can handle it. I have it's, faith it's in how you. I got. It's kind of how I got started here is being being that uh, backup producer. But <laughs> see, you do you good with that? I've moved on. Okay, yeah, I'm on to bigger and better things. <laughs> Honestly, All right, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get into this big tit schedule. So, yeah. I, look, man, I um specifically the protected rivals the, the, and and the matchups for the for 24 25 right yes so the the big 10 put this out every team in the big 10 including the incoming programs uh from california have protected rivals except penn state yeah which and i always kind of forget this i guess because i was a a wee pup when penn state joined the big 10 so i always view them as like a big 10 school you know i I, me being like seven doesn't recognize that joe paul and them are independent so i didn't really care I, even though I'm younger than you, did enough research through my life. I've always been fascinated with like conference realignment and stuff like that. So, and I've just generally been more of a history buff guy. So I did enough research. I knew that like, yeah, Penn State's a relatively recent ad. They've got that independent history. Yeah. And so like, honestly, it makes sense to me. Besides like, as much as I think Ohio State, Penn State is a game I want to watch every year. Like, I just don't think either fan base is like, we have to play them. Right. Like, they don't have that connection. So it, it's interesting. And, you know, the Big Ten put out their little graphic describing the their flex-protect scheduling yeah. model where uh, schools have two play opponents that will be both home and away in 24 and 25, and then protected rivals that will be played annually beyond 25. I think I kind of will start with Penn State because that was one of the, the teams that really stood out to me because you're in a situation now where you no longer have to face Michigan and Ohio State every year. And yeah. then you got to – uh, the playoff going to 12 uh, teams, I think they're probably the team. Um, I would, I don't know if saying necessarily they benefit the most is, is over. It's probably an overstatement, but I think they definitely benefit from this because if you only have to play one of them, uh, Michigan or Ohio state, and you can kind of run the table other than that, and you even get into the big 10 championship, whether you win or lose, yeah. bro, I think you can really clean up in the playoff because I think they're built like their depth, the talent they get, I think they're built for the playoffs. They just haven't had an opportunity to get Honestly, in there. Honestly, on like first reaction, I would say Penn State is gaining the most from I think they the, have from the twelve be. team playoff and the scheduling model because no longer do you have to play Michigan and Ohio State every year, yeah. and then you're going to get into play. Once you start getting playoff berths and getting them consistently, which I think they they'll generally be in the top 12 teams each year. They should be. It's inexcusable so, for them not to be. I think it can help them take a recruiting jump where they're finally like they're not behind that behind the Ohio State's and Michigan's of like, "Oh, you're not but you're not getting playoff berths. I want to compete for championships." Yeah. Once you get that playoff berth, maybe maybe I'm naive. Maybe I I'm being too idealistic, but I think once you can show you've got a playoff berth, it's like, "Well, then we just have to go and win these games." Right. And a recruit can be like, well, I'm going to go win those games for you. I'm the shit. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, that's a really good point. I think especially at the quarterback position. I know Drew Allaire is supposed to have a lot of uh, hype around him. He's probably going to be really good, but Sean Clifford was, eh, I mean, he's okay. But they've kind of always struggled at that, and I think now – Man, you're you're right. If they have a couple of bursts into the playoffs, maybe get a dub here or there, kind of like TCU, they can really clean up. Um, I, I'm looking at the 2024 schedule. There were two teams that jumped off to me, and yeah. it's kind of for different reasons. Uh, Indiana, I think Indiana is a winner because when you look at the Hoosiers, they don't play Michigan, they don't play Ohio State, they don't play USC, and you get Penn State at home. I think when you're a program who traditionally has struggled, I know they obviously had Michael Penix before he chunked the deuce, <laughs> but I think that that's one of the, the teams that can really um, – 
and I'm not saying they're necessarily going to capitalize on it, but I think when you look at the gauntlet that they've had to face year in and year out, especially in 2024, now it's probably going to flip in 2025, but 2024, I think that's definitely going to help the Hoosiers. Yeah, I think a lot of those team, those lower teams in the East are probably going to feel, at least at the start, a sense of relief, a sense of like, hey, we've got more of a shot yeah. now. Because you don't have to see all three of <laughs> Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State yeah. every year. So I, I definitely think you can look at most of those worst teams in the East and be like, you're a winner, right. you're a winner, you're a winner. So Rutgers and Indiana, mo- most of all, I believe, just because they, they don't have those rivalry connections. And, like, I mean, I think Maryland's, Maryland and Rutgers are each other's, like, only protected rivals, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it, no, it's Maryland, like, Maryland gets, I believe, Michigan. Protected. Well. I'm, I'm talking about the white Oh, yeah, ones. yeah, yeah. Protected. So, yeah, like, yeah going beyond the next two seasons. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, one thing I found interesting about just this, like these, these groups of three for the, for the next two seasons, plus the protecteds was, was honestly Ohio state. I just feel like Illinois Northwestern are pretty freaking weak. Oh yeah. Two year, like two plays yeah. to start it off. It's like a little, I, I know, I know this will come in waves. If they keep doing this two play system through the years, this will just be how it is. That's yeah. But Man, it just feels like it's pretty weak for one for like your your premier brand. I still think they're the premier brand more so than Michigan. Um, Michigan, yeah. Michigan's been closing that gap. Michigan clearly is is the better program right now, but I feel like the bigger brand still is. Well, Ohio they got the State. recent natties too. I mean, that's yeah. definitely what backs it up. And, and, and so, like your premier brand has Illinois and Northwest, like the Eli Buck. I'm sorry, I, I, I <laughs> what. That, that trophy is not a trophy in my mind. I, another thing, yeah. too, like when you kind of look at Ohio State, I think it's it's intriguing where, and I don't know how fans of these fan bases feel, but you could see Michigan and Ohio State three times in one year. They could You could have the regular season game, they can meet inside in the Big Ten Championship, and then they can meet in the playoff. It feels so weird, and three honestly feels like maybe a bit much. Two, I'd be down for right. every year. Every year, give me two. And if they split, then the third one's perfect. Yeah. If they split, the third one's perfect. But if they don't split, it's just going to feel cheap because you play that third one in the national championship game. And the like, what Did happens? you imagine if they met what in the Natty? Imagine they meet in the Natty and say Michigan won the first two matchups or the Big Ten champ. They won the regular season matchup. And then Ohio State pulls it out in the national championship. What, what kind of argument is that going to incite between those fan bases? Oh, we're the national champ. We beat you twice. Yeah, I haven't. We beat you when it mattered, but we beat you twice. Like, imagine that argument. That would be a um, which I think gut is, I think I think that would be an amazing <laughs> argument to see play out. Yeah, but I think it's just messy as hell. It's honestly, I haven't even thought about this with the twelve team playoff yet. But it makes it messy as hell to really even recognize them as the national champion. In my I mind, I could see that, like because I'm of not the, saying yeah. that they wouldn't have earned it by running through the gauntlet that would be the bracket. Yeah, because at that point, I think you'd have to win four games in a row because you wouldn't be the Big Ten champ, you wouldn't get a bye. But holy hell, if the same team that wins the national championship lost mm. twice to the team they beat in the national championship game, like yeah, oh I, I think that gosh. would be a, that would make for some interesting talk. That might be, I hadn't even really that thought might, about it. That might that be deep. one of the biggest flaws with the new playoff system is is the idea that that could happen. Yeah, 
Now that's but intriguing. I one, I highly doubt we see that. And if we do see that, I think it'll be an amazing amount of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time, every time I think about it, I'm like, I have to <laughs> got to chuck it in there. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? So that, that, that's, that's an really interesting takeaway that was spawned from, from this big, big 10 schedule there. Okay. So I got two more things I want to get to before yeah. we get out of here. Uh, going back to the 2024 UCLA, I think is going to get a reality check because while you're getting the money um, and that's great and everything, but you're kind of like, you're just brought on because of USC. Like that, that's really the only reason you're even there. But at the same time, you're not going to have this little cupcake schedule. You're going to Michigan. Yeah. You're going across the country to Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Then you get Ohio State at home, mm-hmm. USC at home. Mm-hmm. They are going to get the absolute dog crap beat out of them, dude. Like yeah. I, I think they're going to get a real reality check. And it's going to be funny because was all the ass whooping worth the money? And I think at the end of the day, money wins all, but it's kind of funny that how that could shake out. I think we need to monitor UCLA through that season very closely, just like the vibe around them. Yeah. Because it's not just, hey, you've got to play all these really tough opponents. It's you got to make all these long road trips. Yeah. What's it going to be like for a program if, you know, usually you can be like, look, we're having a crap year. But you don't necessarily feel the weariness of the travel right. and the like being away from your home state. Like, I think it will be very interesting to see if there's maybe not as much light at the end of the tunnel of, well, it's a new year next year. Mm-hmm. We just got to make, you know, make it through. We didn't have the roster. We didn't have the right coach. Whatever it ends up being, I'm not saying anything about no, yeah. Chip Kelly as the coach uh, with that. It's just kind of like, is it going to be that much tougher to, turn around a program that you have to play most of your games halfway across the country. Is it going to be tougher on those te- on those players? Is it going to be tougher to recruit because of the extra the extra weight that that carries? Right. Like just how much wearier it might make you. Like that I think that is the number one first test case we have to look at is U- UCLA during that it's a 24 season right yeah it's going to be really intriguing another thing that stood out to me and i I draw similarities between this program and stanford is i think we're going to find out how important winning football games is to northwestern Mm. because when you look at pat fitzgerald he is a tremendous coach but over the past uh few seasons they've struggled other than the covid they went seven and two and made the citrus ball i'm not even going to count that you went one and eleven last year. You went three and nine in twenty twenty one, and then you were in twenty nineteen. You were three and nine. Now he's made a lot of bowl games, but there's been a lot of inconsistency there. Yeah, they've and, been a very up and down pro. Yeah, like they've, they've weirdly peaked high at different times. They they've come close to making the Big Ten championship game. I think they even made it one year. No, he, yeah, he was like, the coach of the year in two thousand eighteen. Yeah, too. so he's a good coach. I just think. There's a cyclical nature to Northwestern, and I think COVID interrupted it, um, where he really has to build young, take losses, peak, yeah. reset. And he can't, it's, it's the program, it's not like he can just go out and grab people out of the portal either. Like yeah. there's different standards that kind of like a And on top of that, Northwestern's been a hub of this like player unionization yes. movement and stuff, uh, much like Stanford. Yeah. Uh, so I think it'll be interesting, but I, I also think that they could very much just be like Stanford in that regard and well, not care. But see, that's my that's where I'm coming from because Stanford not cared for a while, and that was cool. But and then they gave David Shaw the you know the boot. My thing is, and while I know 
Fitzgerald is a Northwestern guy, and maybe that kind of gives him more of a pass. But I think as you're seeing uh, these teams come in and you're, if you find yourself behind the eight ball more, does that kind of wear off to the point where they, like, move on or are they content with you winning six to seven games a year? That's And maybe making a, a ratchet bowl game. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe this is me just looking down on on them a little too much, but I think they'll be fine with it. I think so? don't I don't think that they feel any true need to need to be contending. Yeah. <laughs> um but that that'll be another interesting thing to see moving forward. Like there's just there's a lot of intrigue here. Is there anything else you want to touch on? Um that sticks after you? Not really. We're we're running up on the clock and I've got a busy week ahead okay. of me. But um I, I will say just two quick things I was really intrigued by, and we don't even have to discuss. Michigan, Michigan State actually being protected after the shit show yeah. that that was. Yeah. I think that's cool, and I'm kind of glad it's there. That's, that needs to be. Um, and then UCLA and Nebraska. I just think both programs could find themselves one heading south a little, one heading north a little, and they could be duking it out in a very interesting way. Yeah, it'll so be that, fun. That's all I got. I, I, look, I'm a big Matt Rule guy. I know some people are hit and miss on him, but I think he's really the perfect fit for Nebraska. I'm interested to see what they can do uh, with the Huskers, man. But, yeah, this is uh, – we're going to chunk the deuce here. Is there anything you want to say? Where should people go and check out um, as far as what they are content? Uh, our first – our guest today, Josh Neighbors, in our first segment. Obviously, hopefully you all know him from this channel, The Neighborhood Watch. Uh, but he puts out a video on this channel around 1.30 or 2 every weekday 1 30 or 2 central just kind of depending on his workflow if it went long uh we give him a little work room there uh, i believe he should have another short episode today just because he was on with us we'll be getting that segment out uh probably tomorrow mm -hmm. uh, so you guys can re-watch that if you were intrigued by it but please 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 check out josh neighbors and neighborhood watch here on this channel along with uh grayson grunehafer's videos which we should probably package into its own yeah. proper show name Definitely. here soon we'll, we'll um, edit that but you got to hit all the other stuff that we do here now. Yeah, 365 Sports in the afternoon, uh, every day, 3 to 6. We got a killer lineup coming up today, so make sure you check that out. The Bearcast over on the Sikkim channel. Bay uh, Grayson and Craig kill that every week with all of your Baylor content, as well as Sikkim365.com, the really birthplace for all of this that spawned all this, where all of your latest content for Baylor, as well as some realignment nuggets Plenty in those threads. Plenty of Big threads. 12 stuff there. Plenty, Plenty of, of Big, big 12. Guys, big 12 stuff. Uh, but yeah, go check that out and we appreciate you tuning in when you do whether it is live or you watch it afterwards but this has been the college chaos podcast